Welcome to the Food for Your Soul podcast, where we apply the Word of God to the hearts of men and women to stoke the fires of your delight in Christ. Here's your host, Dr. D. Richard Ferguson. In James 4.2, God condemns the people because moths have eaten their clothes. What's so evil about having moth-eaten clothes? The true living God is pretty hard on rival false gods. Remember Dagon? Philistine God? The Philistines captured the Ark of the Covenant. They take the Ark of the Covenant, they put it in the temple with their God, Dagon, and they come back next morning, and what happened? There's Dagon on the floor, his head busted off, his hands busted off. That's the kind of thing that the true living God does to false gods. He's hard on them. And that's what he'll do to our money and our possessions. If we turn them into a God, he will judge them. He judges the false god and he punishes those who serve that false god with very strong words. When it comes to this kind of sin, I mean, this is, these words in, in chapter 5 are so strong. And that's what it takes because what happens with this kind of sin, the sins that come with wealth, they make you so proud and puffed up and arrogant and self-confident that only hard words will get through. So it takes a strongly worded rebuke to just get through to people like that. And so James does it. He just pronounces judgment. And, and that's verses 1 to 3. And then, and then from there, he starts giving the reasons for the judgment. He lists out their sins. You've done this, you've done this, you've done this. Four sins. So let's just look at these four sins one at a time. The first one is in verse 2, the sin of hoarding. He says, your wealth is rotted, moths have eaten your clothes, and your gold and silver are corroded. You say, wait a minute, I thought that was part of the description of their judgment and punishment. It is, but it's also uh, a description of what they were doing wrong. It's, it's one of their sins. Um, their sin was hoarding. And we know that because, because of the rest of verse 3. He says their corrosion will testify against you. The fact that they're corroded is evidence that's going to be used against you. That, that's, that shows that it's a sin. See, sometimes God uses our, our very sins as the instrument for our punishment. He uses the sin itself as the instrument of punishment. The misery of these people will arise from, from the very things that they place their hope in. The fact that their money is so shaky is part of their judgment. And so, so the fact that they let their stuff get to the point of being corroded and moth-eaten, it's, that's evidence against them. It's exhibit A in the courtroom that God is going to use to convict them. God is the prosecutor in the courtroom and he's saying, look, I would like to call to the witness stand the corrosion of your wealth. The fact that you let it get that way, the fact that you let it go to waste rather than using it is evidence to convict you of this sin of hoarding. Because wealth is to be used, not hoarded. Remember the parable of the talents? Where you got the three servants, and they're all given money. They're in charge of various sums of money, and two of them put that money to use, and, and they're commended. And one guy buried his in the ground and was rebuked for being a wicked, lazy servant. God doesn't give us resources so we can sit on them. If they start to get rusty, or collect dust, or rot, or moth-eaten, we're in trouble. That's the sin. So, that's sin number one. Let's look at it from both of the angles that we're trying to look at this sermon from. First, when you see the rich people hoarding, how do you respond? You're working hard, you're doing your best, you're you're struggling, you still can't get your head above water financially. And you turn on your TV and you see this guy that's so rich, he'll never in his lifetime even be able to spend all his money. And he's just sitting on us, not doing any good. He could could solve all your problems without even noticing the difference in his bank, and he's not going to help you. Or maybe you look at your boss and he could so easily pay you what you're worth, but he won't do it. 
He's, he, you're grossly underpaid, and you get and, and you get upset. Look, don't get upset. Don't fret. God will make it right. He will. He'll make it right. Maybe sometime soon. Maybe in the next life. But he'll make it right. In Luke 16, the beggar Lazarus sat out by the gate of the rich man and just wished that he could have some of those crumbs. He's starving and he's wishing just some of the crumbs that are falling off the table of this guy who is feasting sumptuously every day. Every day is Thanksgiving Day in this guy's house and he's having his feast every single day and he doesn't even have his eye on the feast, just on the crumbs. And Lazarus is like, it wouldn't cost him a dime to just let me have some of the crumbs. But he wouldn't give him anything. The rich man, he wouldn't give him anything. And then they both die, Lazarus and the rich guy. They both die. And, and after they both die, Lazarus goes to paradise and the rich guy goes to a place of fiery torment. And here's what happens, Luke 16, 24. The, the, the rich guy cries out of this fire and says, Have pity on me and send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue because I'm in agony in this fire. But Abraham said, Son, remember that in your lifetime you received your good things while Lazarus received bad things, but now he's comforted and here you are in agony. God made it right. He made it right. And I'm sure all those years that, that Lazarus is laying there in the ground and, and, and starving and miserable and, and sores and everything, that uh, it must have seemed like a long time then. But now? Where is Lazarus now? He's still in paradise. He's, he's been in paradise already for 2,000 years now. And he's enjoying that comfort. And when Lazarus uh, thinks back on those days when he was lying there in, in, in hunger, I'm sure he's, it, to him it's like a blink of an eye. It was just so fast. It was a little, suffering was just a flash and then it was over. And now he's in paradise. And, and it says that he's being comforted and implied because of his suffering, which, which to me says that not only does Lazarus enjoy the normal uh, enjoyments of heaven, but he also gets extra comfort from God because of what he suffered. Still, 2,000 years later, he's getting this extra comfort. And, and, and so Lazarus is up there in heaven just saying, Oh, I'm so glad I went through that suffering. It is worth it. little flash for a moment, and now this. But that rich guy... He's been in torment now for 2,000 years already. And all those great meals that he used to have and all the great desserts and drinks and everything, distant memory, flash, and then it was gone. And now all he knows is torment. That's all he'll ever know. So if you're having trouble, and there's some rich person that could help you and they won't help you, don't look at his big stockpile and envy him when you realize where he's headed and where you're headed, he's the one in the pitiable condition and you're the one in the enviable condition. Okay, so that's from the angle if someone else has the money. What about if you're the one that has the money? You say, oh, that's not a problem. That'll never be a problem. <laughs> you know, I'm, uh, they say money talks. All, if money talks, all mine ever says is goodbye. You know, I don't, I don't you know, it's always gone. You probably don't think you're rich, but let me tell you this. If you earn $25,000 a year, you are in the top 2% in the world. Trust me, you are someone's Bill Gates. There are people in this world who have their mind blown if they saw how you live. 
You say, but I don't feel rich. Well, nobody feels rich. Hardly anybody feels rich, even rich people. I mean, the rich people, they don't feel rich because they got their eye on that next level up of wealth, right? Like, what would that be like? And they got themselves so overextended with their house and their cabin and their boat and all the payments that they can't even make the payments and they feel poor. We don't feel rich because we focus on what we don't have instead of what we do have. Uh, We think that we would be happy if we would just get up to that next level of wealth and so we just start stockpiling and hoarding so we can get up there. Instead of using wealth for kingdom purposes, we hoard it for our own purposes. We stop giving to God because we can't afford to honor God with 10%. And we're not generous with other people because we're, you know, they should be helping me, not me helping them. And we hold on to our money and we hold on to our possessions tighter and tighter because that's our source of joy. That's our hope. That's our security. That's our future. But in this passage, James is telling us, no, no, no. That's not your, you want to know what the future of that is? Look down at the end of that road. It's decay, loss, rust, and punishment from God. That road, that's that's not the road you want to be on. You don't want to imitate them. That's the road of the wicked. Don't be like them. Now you might think, well, what about savings? Doesn't the Bible say that there's wisdom in saving money? Uh, Yeah, yeah, we should save for the future. So how do you know if you've crossed the line from wise saving to sinful hoarding? Well, one indicator that you've crossed that line is just what he's talking about right here. Decay, right? If, if you have things that are going to waste because you're sitting on them, they're just sitting around not being used, that's hoarding, okay? That's hoarding. If your stuff wears out because of use, that's, that's fine. But if it rusts out because of disuse, that's hoarding. Have you ever noticed that moths don't eat the clothes you're wearing? Right? You've never once gotten dressed and then showed up somewhere naked because the moths ate it all off. Right? <laughs> if your resources are going to waste because they're sitting around, that's hoarding. That's hoarding. That's one sign. Another sign that you're hoarding is if you lack generosity. It's not letting you be generous because everything's got to be stockpiled just in case there's a problem in the future. And so you don't help the poor. You don't remember the poor. Are you remembering the poor? Remember uh, in Galatians 2, there's a striking comment. Paul is saying, I wanted to go to the Gentiles, so I asked the apostles, okay, if I go to the Gentiles, you go to the Jews. And they say, yeah, that's fine. Um, Here's what they say. They agreed that we should go to the Gentiles, and they to the Jews. All they asked was that we should continue to remember the poor, the very thing I was eager to do. Like if there's one thing that we'll keep doing, it's remember the poor. Do you remember the poor? Do you have clothes and stuff? shoes and stuff sitting around your house that you're not even using them give them to the poor give them to the salvation army you know salvation army is great that's a christian organization you give to them you're helping out the kingdom you're helping poor people if you're like me sometimes you worry about um giving money directly to the poor just giving them money because let's face it sometimes giving someone money can do them more harm than good right uh, and so you, you got to watch out for that. And, and they, uh, Wayne Grudem's done some interesting study in this uh, on poverty around the world, trying to how, how can we help the really poor people around the world? And what he found is that they're rarely ever helped by just giving them money. That never brings a culture out of poverty. The only thing that ever seems to work to bring a culture out of poverty is business. If you can, if somebody can get a business started, and then and then he gets some employees, and now he's paying them, and now they got a paycheck, so they go spend it in other businesses, and those businesses now are making more money and profit, and so they hire more people. Now more people are working, more people are spending, and it just goes upward, and the whole culture becomes more uh, financially sound. 
that's really the only way that usually uh, poor culture will come out of poverty. And so, um, so we could, you know, we could be shrewd in our in our giving and try to help in that way. I'll just just a little bit of a digression here from the sermon. Uh, I got to tell you about this uh, organization. It's called Kiva, K-I-V-A, uh, where you can do that. You can loan. They do these little micro loans, so you can. Um, you can send money, and they will loan it to poor people who are in in in, in very po- poverty-stricken places that are trying to get a business going, and uh, and they just need some capital to get it going, and it'll help them. So instead, the money you got sitting, just gathering dust. I mean, it's just sitting in your savings account, gaining two cents a year, you know, or whatever it's doing. Uh, instead of doing that, it could be helping someone, because we're rare. We're we're rare in this world. We have money sitting around, right, in the bank. There's no money sitting there. And you could go to the Kiva website, pick out a business that sounds like it's something, you know, just pick one out that sounds like something you want to support, and then you send them $25 or however much. And then that money gets loaned interest-free to the person, and then uh, a few months later they get it all paid back, a couple dollars a week or whatever, and then it gets paid back, and then you use that same $25 to help someone else out. And then they pay it back, and then someone else. And so it's not even costing you anything, and you're helping all these people out instead of letting that money gather dust. That's, a, that's one way we could use our wealth to remember the poor. But the point is, don't, don't let your stuff sit around. Use it. Use it. And remember the poor. That 2% thing is quite the statistic, isn't it? All these things you've always dreamed you'd do if you ever made it to the top 2%, well, you make more than 24000 a year and you're there. So what are you going to do? If you're like most people, you'll feel really guilty for about 30 seconds. Then you'll get on with your day. Making you feel guilty is definitely not my objective. But I would encourage you to give some serious thought to whether you're using your resources for kingdom purposes. And give that Kiva website a look. It's Kiva, King, Idaho, Victor, Adam, Kiva. It's a way to really help the poorest of the poor around the world in the long-term way, and it barely costs you anything because most of the loans get paid back. Let's close our time today with a word of prayer. Take a moment to confess any selfish greed or stinginess in your heart. Father, you are so generous. When I ask, you lavish kindness on me, a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over into my lap. When I ask for bread, you never give me a stone. You gave your beloved son for me. And if you're that generous, what good gift would you ever withhold from me? You are the God who gives generously without finding fault. Thank you for the riches of your kindness to me, Lord. The amazing food you've provided in recent days. The place you've given me to live. My bed. My health. A body that functions. Eyesight. Hearing. The sense of taste. Thank you for all the income you've provided for me throughout my life. Make me and my family and friends more like you. Thank you for listening. If you found today's episode edifying, why not share it with a friend? This season of the Food for Your Soul podcast features excerpts from our sermon series on the book of James. 50 expository sermons covering every verse, 
You can find those and hundreds of other sermons for free download on drichardferguson.com. And if you like listening on your phone, get our free mobile app. Install the Church One app from the Play Store and select Food for Your Soul. Until next time, rejoice in the Lord always and set your mind on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God.